Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. pray again, but before I do, I just want to mention one thing. There's a passage that I truly love, and I've quoted from it, and it just talks about Moses, and he says that uh, where the Lord just flames this bush up, and the Bible says that Moses takes notice of it, but the Lord tells Moses, he said, Moses, I've anointed this ground, and what you need to do is remove your shoes, and there's this place that you need to go to, and you're standing on it. So as we come in right now, I've made the comment, you know, where we come in and God anoints us and we come in and what Moses needed to do, it was Moses' responsibility to remove his shoes to receive the anointing. So we come in and God anoints us and he touches us and we come into his house, hallelujah, and feel his anointing and that's what we can do. So I want us to pray and ask God to touch us today. A lot of ministries goes forth today as, as we leave this place. But as of right now, we have ministries going on in the back. And I want God to touch and anoint. And I know he will. That is his calling and his way. And I want him to touch us and anoint and cover our minds with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. So let's pray. God of heaven right now, in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I know this word is anointed. So I ask you right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, to anoint us. God, I'm asking you to cover us, our minds, with the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I pray right now, God, that you open our minds, that you touch us, God, with your holy anointing. Right now, God, we desire you, Lord God, hallelujah, to open, to touch, to anoint right now, to minister, God. Father, I pray right now your anointing is present. So I pray right now that any obstruction, Lord God, any obstacle in the way, God, that can be removed, Lord God, that we may receive, Lord God. Hallelujah. Touch us, God. Anoint us, God, I pray. Strengthen us, each and every one, God. We will magnify and praise your name for you are kind and gracious and your mercy is fresh every day, God, and we thank you for it. Touch us, God, and we magnify your name. In the name of Jesus Christ, you may be seated. Thank you for standing. Hallelujah. Thank you for your attendance. Hallelujah. For this morning and to the word. Hallelujah. I just appreciate what I know in the Lord. I just appreciate you being here. What I really want to do is today, I just want to say from the very beginning, I want to speak to the church. Make no mistake about it. Who I'm going to speak to today, I am speaking to those called by his name, those that have took his name, and those that have his spirit. I want to speak to you through everything I say from beginning to end. I am speaking to you. So don't sit here and wonder who I'm talking to. I am talking to you. I'm talking to the body of Christ. I want to speak to his people called by his name, anointed of his spirit. I have come to tell you, number one, you are anointed. Whether you feel like it, whether you think you are or not, you are anointed. 
And I want to say from the very beginning, you'll understand this later. This is our house. This is our house. Hallelujah. This is our house. Hallelujah. This is our house. Hallelujah. I'm not going to explain that right now. I'll explain that later. But I'll stand and say, this is our house. Hallelujah. We say, we say this is our house. And I'll explain that fully what I mean later. But just stay with me. I tell you right now, you are anointed. You are anointed of the Lord God. And I just, from where I started to where I wound up, ain't nowhere, nowhere on paper. And where I, where I wanted to go is just, I just, but the only thing that is the common denominator is this is where I wanted to start. God said, start with Moses. So I did, and, and I would just leave it. And I just said, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to start with Moses. I'm going to leave it alone, and I'll go to another passage. And I just left it alone, but I just, God just kept dealing with me. Go back and read this. And I just, I love this. God said, Moses, take off your shoes. You're on holy ground. So in the Bible, if, if you want to read with me, they can turn to in Exodus. He tells him in Exodus 3, the fourth verse, he says, And the Lord God turned, and the Lord saw, and, and, and when... The Lord God saw, he turned aside to see, and God called unto him out of the midst of the bush, and he said, Moses, Moses, he said twice, Moses, Moses, and he said, here am I. And he said, draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes off thy feet, for the place where thou standest is holy ground. The Lord is the one that told Moses, you need to take off your shoes, for the place where you're standing is holy. And, but then I would read that, and I would say, we said that, I've told the people that. And I just love that analogy. God has anointed the place. He told Moses to take off his shoes. You're on holy ground. There is a separation. Your shoes is causing the separation. There is an obstacle in the way from your anointing, and it's your shoes. We understand that analogy. Take off your shoes, Moses. And he did. And I would leave it and go on. But I couldn't get away from it. And I'm telling you, the more I stayed on this, just night after night, God kept telling me, you're not telling the whole story. Tell the whole story. So I'm sitting on my bed. And the way I have to do it, I have to shut the garbage of the world off and get in my room. And I'm just telling you, and I'm reading that. And where it says, draw not nigh hither. That's where it started. That's where it all started. And what God gave me with his help, I will give you. For God said, you're not telling the whole story, and I want this story to be told. So he tells Moses, I'm going to tell it in my words the way I felt it from the Lord. Moses, now I think everybody would agree with me. We're talking about Moses. We're talking about a saint. We ain't talking about somebody that's just, God has just called. We're talking about a Christian. We're talking about somebody called of God. Moses, you can't come any closer. Don't you come any closer. You can't come any closer. But I'm going to just give you the meat of the matter right off, and then I'll explain it as I go. Moses, you can't come any closer. Do not draw hither. But I'm telling you, mercy's here. I look for it everywhere I go. You can't come any closer. 
But I'll tell you what I'll do. I will anoint the area where you are at. You can't come any closer. I'm telling you. I feel anointed right now to say there's people that think just because you ain't on Mount Sinai, God can't use you. In the name of Jesus, quit thinking that way. God will use you where you are at. I'm telling you. But that's why the Bible says don't compare yourself among yourself. We are in a relationship. It's been said so many times. You love your wife when you are married. But 30 years down the road, you love her more. So in a relationship, you're going to love her more. That's why we're all in different relationships. And somebody says, well, if I had the relationship Brother Boyd did, I could do something for God. That's a trick of the enemy. He told Moses, the man of God, don't you come any closer. But he says, i tell you what I'll do. I'll take my mercy and I will anoint the ground right where you are at. Don't you come any closer. But my mercy will anoint right where you are at. So quit thinking God can't use us. Because just because I don't have this Mount Sinai experience, God can't use me. That's a trick of the enemy. You can't do that. You can't come any closer. But this point, at this point, God, God was just starting with Moses. But he tells him, Moses, don't you come any closer. Don't you come any closer. But I'm going to tell you, I'm going to take it. I'm going to anoint. I am going to anoint the area where you are at. And I wrestled with this for so many days before I'd ever allow myself to get to this point. Because I would just read this and I'd go on. But God kept saying, no, you're not telling the whole story. You've got to tell this side of this story. Because yes, I told Moses. Yes, I'm the one that anointed the ground. Yes, I am the one that told him to remove his shoes. But yes, you are not telling the rest of it. Yes, I told him. Don't you come any closer. And we got people that's beating themselves up because they don't think they're at the point where they should to be. They're at the point. If you have God's, if you've been baptized and you have His Spirit, you are anointed. So you can have the anointing right where you're at. Quit thinking you have to be here to, to let God use you. That is not the case. If you don't believe me, believe the Bible. God said he took Moses and he said, bam, you ain't coming any closer. But I'm anointing the ground where you're at. And he did that. And we know that because we have the Bible. God had already placed this anointing. But the thing, the goodness of the ground, the goodness of this. And, and, and here's where I'm going to get a little sticky. But don't preach with me now and, and leave me here. But I'm telling you, God is the one that brought it up when he told Moses. He said, the ground... Or the words, my anointing is present. God is the one that brought it up. He's the one that told Moses, you, it's your responsibility to move your shoes. But yet we got, what if Moses was to said, you know what? I just really don't see the need of doing that. I just really don't see the need in all that. Why you people, you people do all that? Because this is our house. This is our house where the Lord God is going to rule and reign. That's why. So he takes and he took and he removed his shoes and he done this. And that's why I was, 
if, if Moses would have said, you know what, Lord? I really don't see the need of removing my shoes. Then all he would have done is walked all over the anointing. I, I'll leave you alone. I'll deal with me. How many times have I come to church and said, God, I really need the anointing of God in the situation I'm in. And go home thinking, where was the anointing that I should have had? And God dealing with me with an obstacle in my life. And all it was was blocking the anointing that God had there all the time. When God gave us a principle in his word, I've anointed you, Moses, but there's an obstacle. Remove that obstacle and you are just saturated in the anointing. So when we have this, I, I've spoke to people. They, they've told me God has given us grace. That, that's why I'm, I'm almost in a wrestling situation sometimes with people that said, well, God paid it all. We have grace. And I'm telling you, I really and truly and honestly believe uh, Christians, I'll just say Pentecostals to the point of almost, have just abandoned grace. I'm telling you, I do not want to be the ones labeled as abandoned grace. The reason God gave us grace is to bring us into righteousness. God didn't give us grace that we could sin every day. God gave us grace to bring us into righteousness with His uh, Son, Jesus Christ. So therefore, we have the grace to bring us in to the holiness of God. That is the purpose of grace. And, and it, just as, as Saul went out and, and Samuel stood there and told him, go take and do this. Saul comes back and he says, I've obeyed the commandment of the Lord. And, and, and Samuel, the prophet who had a dual role, he was a prophet and a priest. And he's saying, what do you mean you've done this? What is all this? And he says, you know what? I've brought back the king. I don't want to get too gory, but I'm telling you, if you read this passage in the content in which it was written at the time it was written, the king should have been the first one to go. And he's the one I brought back. So that's when Samuel tells him to obey is better than sacrifice. I can sum it up with this. If you go out, you disobeyed what the man of God, the word of God tells you what to do. And you come in this house and you think now, I'll bring it in the New Testament. You think the sacrifice of your lips, God's going to accept? No, just as Samuel told him, to obey is better than sacrifice. All he was saying, you've disobeyed the commandment of the Lord. So you think you can go out and bring all of this, the best of what you think, and you're going to sacrifice it and God is going to accept it? It's just not going to happen, Saul. I don't care if you are the king. So therefore, it takes, and that's why Moses couldn't just stand there and say, you know what, I really don't see the need of pulling my shoes off. We can't do that. God has given us principles, but in his mercy, in his mercy, it don't matter where we're at. It really doesn't matter where we are at. In our relationship with God, we are anointed of the Holy Ghost. God can anoint us where we are at. That is what I'm trying to say. God has anointed us. He can give us the strength that we need. Hallelujah. I wrote down notes, and believe me, I'm trying to follow them. It truly is our responsibility as we come in this house 
to remove any obstacle, to stay close enough to God so when we come in here, not to wonder why God hadn't anointed us. I'm telling you, this kept me up. I'm telling you, God has anointed us. And I believe that if you ever doubted that, if you'll stay with me, I'll prove to you before we leave here that you are anointed. You are anointed, and I will prove that. Now, that's why I said Moses, in his position, God had anointed. He said, you can't come any closer, but I'll anoint where you're at. But I won't leave it there because you just keep reading. You just keep reading because later in Exodus, the Bible says that Moses is a man that I will know face to face as a man speaketh unto his friend. Now, what that literally means is I will have a close personal relationship with you. And I will not hold you at arm's length. It's just, I'm just using that as an example. I will not tell you you can't come any closer. Because God told him, as of this point, you can't come any closer. But my mercy will provide the anointing that you need. That whatever you're in, whatever you're facing, whatever mountain you're trying to get over, whatever circumstance you're in, whatever trial you're in, I'm not going to abandon you. You are precious in God's sight. You are anointed right where you are. But don't think God's going to leave you there. He said, keep walking. Walk in the anointing that you know right now. Work, operate in the anointing that God has provided right now. For just as Moses, God said, you know what? I'll know him face to face as a man speaketh to his friends. And I believe God will literally do that as a close personal relationship. Turn with me if you want to or just read on the screen. I'm going to Luke the fourth chapter. Oh, here's another one that got me. So I'm, I'm going to just get you to. I'll just put it that way. In Luke, I'll just read it first. Luke 4. Um, I'll just read 4. Uh, let's start at 16. But before I do, I'll, let me just set this up real quick. This is the Lord. He takes, he goes out. This is the beginning of his ministry. He goes out, the Bible tells us. He fasts for 40 days. That alone is miraculous. 40, we know is a time of true testing. So he, 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 he fasts, he comes out, he's tempted of the devil. The devil tries all this. He rebukes him by the word. He overcomes him. He goes to the temple or the synagogue as the Bible uh, puts it. And in verse 16, it's where we pick it up. He came to Nazareth where he had been brought up as was his custom was. And he went in the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book gave it to, and gave it again to the minister and sat down, and all the eyes of them that were in the synagogue were fastened upon him. And he began to say unto them, Now if you have ever, ever believed a statement in the Bible, what God is fixing to say right now, as oneness apostolic Pentecostals, you need to believe this next phrase. 
This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. This day. I know the church began. I know where it began. But I'm telling you, verse 18 is a mandate for the church. So he says, here Jesus, the Bible tells us, I didn't read it. But in verse 14, it talks about the Lord being in the power of the Spirit. He's fasted 40 days. He just got through rebuking the enemy. Where does he go? He goes to the synagogue. He goes in, and it's no accident he asked for the book of Isaiah. He says, as we would say, or as they would say, hand me the scroll. Turn it to the book of Isaiah. In fact, turn it to the 61st chapter of the book of Isaiah. For you know what I want to read? I'm going to read of the prophecy of concerning the Messiah. Ooh, that just happens to be me. And just let me read about me. Case you're wondering about the hundreds and hundreds of years that it's just funneled to a point. I'm fixing to read it to you. And he says, first and foremost, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Number one, he starts with the anointing. And then he goes through and he says, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And then he goes through this list. I know you're not a numbers man, but I am. And then he gives five reasons where sin has just literally devastated humanity and just wrecked humanity in general. And then he sums it up and he says, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. That makes number six. Six in the Bible is a number of a man. So the way I look at it, you look at it ever how you want to. The way I like to look at it is every area of humanity is taken care of. So he just says, he says, number one, he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And I believe every facet of these is, I believe, that it is literally a physical and a spiritual healing involved in in. Every one of these five, he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them are bruised. I just love each and every one of these. You could take and tear these apart, each and every one of these, of what God has commissioned to do. So he takes and he, he uh, lay these out, these five areas that has, has did this. And then he says, we have this. He gave us the six areas. It's no accident that he went to Isaiah to read about this. They take, and then where he begins, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. What this is, this is our heritage that the Lord gave us. This is our mandate that he gave to the church that we are to do. And when he says, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears, right then, he says, everything has came to this point right now. This is where this is going to begin. Right now is where I'm going to anoint from day one. This is what my people is going to do. So when he says, I believe some people read that as what Jesus was going to do. Well, if you have his spirit, this is what you are going to do. Number one, you are anointed. You are anointed. So he just says, this is what every area, and then go through every one of them. And then he reads the one or, or there's actually every one of them I love, but the recovering of sight to the blind, literally to the blind. If you, if I mean literally, I love that because it relates to oneness. 
the ones that the enemy has blinded, what he has blinded, we fight this literally all the time. But you have the ability to open the blinded eyes when it comes to the glorious gospel of this truth. You have the ability through the anointing of the Holy Ghost to give, the, the, give this knowledge. And I'll prove that later. But then he says to set at liberty them that are bruised. Them that are bruised. Them that has been wounded. The wound is over with. But they still show the effects of it. That's had all this. You could go through every one of them to show what the Lord has did. There are six of them. Five areas. He ends with favor. But truly what I love. The one that I left out is that he started with anointing. You count that. That makes seven. That's God's perfect number. I'm telling you, when you are battle weary and you just can't, you have just, you're just battle weary. You feel as a Christian that you have just went your last mile. I'm telling you, get your Bible. Go to Acts, Luke 4 and 18. Go to the mirror and say, this is who I am. I am anointed of the Holy Ghost. This is not somebody else. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. At church, we'll say the Lord has anointed us. But you make this personal. God has anointed me. This is what God has given me to do. This is my mandate. This is who I am. You hear that, devil? God has anointed me to do this. He has given me the authority to do this. And if you don't believe that, then you're not living up to your potential. Because God said, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. And what is amazing to me is that, uh, I don't know if I give them 22, but if you have your Bibles and they all bear witness and wondered at his gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth and said, Is not this Joseph's son? Brother Boyd, Sister Boyd, you take heart. You turn yourself inside out and they're still going to be saying, Well, I've never heard it like this. Wow. We've just never heard it on this wise. It's probably where that originated at. Such gracious words. Wait a minute. That guy looks familiar. It's not this Joseph's son. He just literally gave them the plan to heal humanity. And their reaction was, it's not this Joseph's son. How sensitive. How sensitive were they to just say, wow, that guy looks familiar. Oh, he's from Nazareth. You know what? That's Joseph's son. These weren't people outside on the street. These were those inside the synagogue. These were people that should have knew better. God is telling them, look, you have this power. I will give you this authority to do this. And they're saying, come on, kosher's is almost open right now. This is Joseph's son. So... Okay, y'all getting it. What I want you to do, what I want you to do, remember that. I'm serious. I'm in the Bible. That was their reaction. God said, I've given you. I'm not just doing this for dramatic sake. I'm telling you, this is our heritage. This is your heritage. Go to verse 20. Go to verse 42. No, 41. 
I don't know where I mean where I'm at. Uh, I might have told him the wrong verse. Okay, it is 41. I told him 42. Well, they got 41. I wrote down the wrong verse. Okay, I know where I'm at. But what I want you to do is compare the two. The people in the synagogue saying, God just give them this. And they're just saying, wow, this is Joseph's son. He's got some pretty words. But I want you to compare the 41. And devils also came out of many, saying, Thou art the Christ, the Son of God. And he rebuking them, suffered them not to speak, for they knew that he was Christ. So, what I would say, he would say, you shut your mouth. You will not reveal this truth. This truth is going to be revealed to those that would bear a hunger. This truth is coming to those and there was one, I didn't give them this, but there was one, there was one in verse 34, he said, Let us alone, what have we to do with thee, O Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know who thou art, thou holy one of God. Now, I'm not for giving the devil any credit, but I'm telling you the demons could have preached a message that day. The people in the synagogue said, it's just Joseph's sons. But the devils were saying, you're looking at the flesh. But we've looked into his eyes. And we see Jehovah. We see Yahweh. All you see is the Son of God. But we see Yahweh as who we see. We see Jehovah. And this truth you will not reveal. You will keep your mouth shut. You will not reveal this truth. This truth is going to be revealed by people that's going to hunger and have a thirst because I will reveal this truth to people that's going to be called by my name is ones that I will reveal this truth to. They are the ones that's going to be revealed this truth. They are the ones. They're going to have a hunger. They are the ones. Because it was July of 1940 that a hunger started because I called and confirmed this yesterday that this church started July of 1940 is when this hunger started it probably started before this but this thing started in 2014 this hunger still grows this hunger still grows and many people Many people has come, and I'll agree, all of them hadn't came yet, but I'm telling you, this hunger still, this hunger still grows. It is still being shared. This, this is our house. This is our house. And as long as this is our house, God's Spirit and His Word is going to have priority. This is our house. We don't care about the traditions of man. We don't care about the religion of the world. We don't care about what they say. This is our house. And in our house, God is going to rule. God is going to be the one that says what to do. 
We have a plan. We do try to stick to it. But just as soon as the wind changes a little bit, for he said of the Holy Ghost, just like the wind, you can't explain the wind. You just feel the effects of the wind. So you come. You have church. But you just have a plan. But just as soon as you feel that wind change, don't look at your plan and say, we're supposed to go left. But the Holy Ghost wants to go right. What do we do? You file that plan and you go right. Because God says what happens. This is our house. And in our house, we're going to do what God says. We still want to do. We're still going to share. We still want to do what God says. And I, and, and, and I have just really, and, and, and if I sound partial in this, just forgive me. Because I just, this was such, this was such a pleasant surprise to me. When I was sitting there and heard this, February the 1st, 2014, Mr. Farrell Michael turned 81. And what makes that unique was just a few days before that, he asked his wife, would this man baptize him? That hunger is still here. That hunger is still here. And on Feb- that was a Saturday. And on February the 2nd, which was a Sunday, I was sitting right over there. And they said, Pharaoh Michael will be baptized today. And it was one of those. Did I hear that? Did I hear that? Man. Man. And on February the 2nd, 2014, we put him under. In the only name given under heaven, whereby we must be saved. That hunger, that hunger is still here. Still here. This is our house. And we're going to keep it our house. We're going to keep it doing just what God wants us to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is our house. We take our mandate from this. Hallelujah. Tape this to your wall. I know the church started in Acts. But he said, this day, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Hallelujah. Don't read that. Don't read that thinking it's for someone else. Luke 4 and 18 is your mandate. Number one, I'm telling you, if you get tired of me saying it, you're just going to live with it. Mercy's here. He begins with the anointing. Luke 4, 18, he begins with the anointing, and he ends with, a, with favor. I'm telling you, all this, all this ravage that ravages humanity, he puts in the middle. He begins with the anointing and he ends with favor. That is your mandate. That is your heritage. Hallelujah. This is not for somebody else. You are anointed of the Holy One of Israel. You have the mandate to tell this to the world. You have the anointing to go what, say what thus saith the Lord would have to say. You are the one that can carry this gospel. You are empowered to share this gospel. You are anointed. You are anointed. 
You are the one. You are anointed. You are called to do this. All right, now jump with me to Corinthians. I want to read. I want to go to uh, 1 Corinthians 4. Okay, if someone hadn't stole it out of my Bible, I'll get there. 1 Corinthians 4, and I want to read 3. I'll just read 3 through 7. I'll try to be quick. If our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost. Whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sakes. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, I'll come back to that, has shined in our hearts, oh, and here it is, to give light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And then verse 7 that we quote so often. But we have this treasure in an earthen vessel that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Now I'm telling you, Christ who is the image of God. But what I love, verse 6, if they would put that on the screen, verse 6. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness who commanded the light the people that we come in contact you're going to come across those I ain't talking to just telling you a yarn who really and truly feel that they have done too much that they have went too far that they feel that God cannot reach them for God who commanded the light. You can take this all the way back to Genesis if you want. All we can do, my best analogy to this is this. For an example, all we can do is take a flashlight and shine in the darkness. Oh, that's all I can do. All I can do is shine in the darkness. But the Bible says we can give light of the knowledge. We can do this. God has anointed us. That's what I said a while ago. You have the knowledge. You have the knowledge. Bound up in you is the anointing and the knowledge to share this gospel. You have the knowledge to give to this world. But when you find somebody that truly says, I can't do this. I really feel I have went too far. Then you take them to this verse. For God who commanded it's just like this. All we do is we take the light of this gospel and we shine it on them. But our God goes inside and just commands the light. The darkness is just dispelled. They think they had gone too far. But God said, I'll go inside of you and I'll command the darkness to be gone. I'll command the light. To shine out the darkness. For just as the beginning. When the earth was without form and void. All I did was speak to the darkness. And it had to leave. So when those that think they've went too far. 
All I do is just command it to be gone. They have not went too far. They have not done too much. For God just speaks it. All we do is shine the light on it. And if they can see a little light shining on them, then that's all it takes. Just get them to see a little bit of light shining on them. And God will do the rest. For he will command the darkness to leave. He will not allow the darkness. And just when he says, they just think, I've done it. I've just gone too far. I, I, God can't help me. I just, I believe, I literally believe some people think that the enemy has tricked them to think they have gone too far that God can't help them. That's a lie. That's a trick of the enemy. God commanded the light. He just says, literally, you have to leave. When my anointing, when my spirit takes residence, there is no darkness that's allowed to stay. It is commanded to leave. And it is not allowed to stay. It is commanded to be gone. And God, is, uh, God and God alone can do this. And all we do, all we do is take the knowledge that's been entrusted to us. The glorious knowledge that's been entrusted to us. And we take the light and we just shine it. That's all we can do. We can't go inside like God can. But God said, just take the knowledge that you have. Don't take your talent and bury it within yourself. Take the knowledge that you have and shine it on them. And when you do, I will do the rest. I will do the rest. I'll command the light. And the light will dispel the darkness that they feel that the enemy has tricked them with. Now, verse 7. What we have this treasure in an earthen vessel. Now, what would happen is the reason we have loved this scripture for as long as we've read it. We have this treasure. We know that as the Spirit of God. But what makes this so unique is the ancient of old would take their treasures, their valuables they have, and they would literally hide them in vessels of earthenware. So when Paul said, Oh, you need to understand. God has given us a treasure that we could put in an earthen vessel. For years you have hid your treasures in vessels that you have made of earthenware. That what you think is valuable, you have hid them. You have buried them in, in treasures that you have made of earthenware. But Paul said God has took his anointing, his spirit, and he has put it inside of us. We have this treasure now. God's holy anointing that he has put in us in this earthen vessel that we have. He has put in us his anointing that the excellency may be of the power of God and not of us. We hadn't made this vessel. God has made this vessel. So the vessel that the Holy One made has put his spirit in us. So they fully understood what Paul was talking about. For years they have took, they have done this. So immediately they knew what Paul was talking about. For they have took and buried their treasure. So they, they knew what Paul was talking about. But Paul said, this treasure that I'm talking about is way more valuable than the ones that you have hid for years. That you have hid for years. We have this treasure. And this treasure that God has given to us is the ones that he's anointed us. He's empowered us to share that's what he's done. Now, jump over with me. Just one, one chapter over. I'm going to read what he's done. In verse 18, 5. I'm going to 5 and 18. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself. To himself. 
by Jesus Christ and has given, listen, and has given unto us the ministry of reconciliation. Verse 19, to wit, that God was, God was in Christ, reconciling the world, listen, unto himself. Then, not imputing their trespasses unto them. Other words, I'm sending Jesus as who? The Lamb of God. So when you stand at the foot of the cross and confess your sins, I will forgive you. Not imputing their trespasses unto them. I'm giving you grace to repent. And hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. So therefore, if I can stand right here and do this, I'm trying to choose my words carefully. I am very, very shy by nature. I don't even like to be around a crowd. But if God will anoint me to stand and do this, He will anoint you. He has given unto us the word of reconciliation. You can go in the most horrible situations and through the anointing of the Holy Ghost, you can speak peace to situations where chaos was, where trials was, where situations was, where impossible things was. God has committed unto us the word of reconciliation this is given unto you. You are called by the name of Jesus. He has given unto us this word to speak peace into a world of chaos. He has given it unto us to do this, to share this gospel. You are empowered. You are anointed to do this. This has been given unto you. This ain't given to nobody else. This is given unto those called by his name, took his name, received of his spirit, this is given unto you. Hallelujah. This was done. And just, I, I'll hurry. I promise I'll hurry. Um, one thing, uh, it, it, I, I will be quick in this. One thing I love, um, I don't know. Somebody tell me what time it is. What? Tell me what time it is. Okay, thank you. All right. I'm a time buff, I'm telling you. And I'm very, very respectful of your time, I promise you. Now, Elijah on Mount Carmel, Brother Boyd preached it. When he takes, he flees to, um, to Mount Horeb. He goes to, in the Bible, Mount Horeb was the Mount of Revelation. Literally, it's what it was. He takes, he goes... His basic gripe, if I can say it that way, he really felt alone. Time, literally, time will slow walk us all down. It does. It just, it just time is a way. That's God's process. Time just walks us down. So he just says, Lord, I'm just literally, I feel alone. I just feel alone. I feel like I'm the only one left. So he goes, at least, at least, he went to Horeb. He went to the Mount of Revelation. 
And he's sitting there. And the Bible tells us all these things happen. I just like to say all this life happened. And I'm not trying to be crucial. That wouldn't have happened if he hadn't have been there. But all of this life happened. And the Lord tells him, Elijah, there's three things I want you to do. Elijah thinks it's fixing to cash in for him. He's at the end of his rope. I don't know what else to do. God, I'm the only one left. Just basically take me and then your church is done. So he just says, God says, no. I've never took my anointing from you. Listen to me. I'm talking to you. I ain't talking about Elijah right now. Listen to me. I've never took my anointing from you. There's three things I want you to do, Elisha. Elijah, he says, number one, I want you to go anoint the king of Assyria. I want you to go anoint the king of Israel. And there's one old boy just like you that's got a hunger like you wouldn't dream that I want you to go anoint him to follow in your place. So he takes and he goes and does this. And the Bible says that Elijah took, and mantles was very significant in those days. The Bible says he took his mantle, and the Bible says, and he cast it on Elisha. The way I would look at that is he took all the years of anointing that he had, and he placed it on Elisha. All the years he had invested all the prayers, and he took, and he put it on Elisha. And then he took, and then he's thinking, I'll do everything I can to discourage this man. Almost is what it seems like. I'll go here, I'll go there. Elisha, that's all right. You don't need to follow me. And Elijah says, Elisha says, you got this wrong. We're joined at the hip, baby. I'm not leaving you. If you, to think, if you think my desire is, is misplaced, <laughs> you just try me, baby, because I'm going with you. So he does. He goes with him. But the thing, and here's mercy, the way I look at it. This is what God ultimately told Elijah. Now think, think of all the, 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 the mind of Elijah, what he had told God. He literally, Elijah literally asked God to take his life. But in the end, this is the way God sums it up to Elijah. When it comes to the enemy, the first one I ask you to anoint, the king of Assyria, what he misses as far as the enemy, now this is in the Bible, the king of Israel will get. And what the king of Israel misses? That old boy you just threw your mantle on? <laughs> they ain't getting by him. <laughs> they won't get by that old boy. Because he's asked for a double portion. He will not let none of the enemy get by him. So here's my point. God hadn't removed your anointing. God had. And as far as the 7,000... You're sitting there crying, you the only one? Do I think they, this is me, this is me. Do I think there were 7,000 in the church? Absolutely not. 
I think it was meant as my church is whole. My church is whole. Was he 7,000? Does that really matter? No. But I think my church is whole. I got 7,000 who hadn't bowed their knee or hadn't kissed that ugly thing. In other words, hadn't offered no praise. They hadn't, they hadn't put their allegiance to that ugly thing of Baal. God hadn't, he hadn't done that. All right. One more thing and I'm done. Turn with me. And, and you don't have to turn to it if you don't want to. But I'm going to Ecclesiastes. You can just, if you want, I'm just reading one, one verse. 11 and 1. Cast thy bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. This is the wise man Solomon. This is a promise. And this analogy is taken from the Nile River coming up, basically overflowing, when the locals would take their grain and they would cast their grain on the water. And I guess the way I've always liked to say it, if you was a stranger to that land, you would call them crazy because the water from the river would come up and flow ever which way. It would go crazy because it would go in all directions and the people would be out there casting their grain or as the Bible says, bread upon the water. And so what happens is the current, they have no control of the current. But, but the analogy is to cast, cast, cast. Keep on casting. For after many days, and the analogy is this, is you have took and you have obeyed this word. You are empowered to share you have cast your bread upon the waters. And what happens was the river would flow up, take their seed, and they would reap in areas of where they never sowed. That's the analogy. So the, 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 the commission is this. It's the cast. It's the cast. Keep on casting. Don't stop. You are anointed. You are anointed to keep on casting. For he says, you're going to find it after many days. Do I think this is as big as this church is going to get? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Now, our commandment is given to cast. To cast. We are commissioned to cast. We don't control the river. We don't control the speed of the river. We don't control the current, which direction it goes. We are just told to cast. And that is what we're doing. We are casting. We are casting. We are anointed and we are casting. We are doing that. And I will end. I promise you. Give me two brother board minutes. I think they caught that. <laughs> oh, he told me that hurt. <sighs> okay. Years ago, I, I, mainly what I, what I have done my whole life, I changed. And um, so what I work on now is um, a CNC machine. And it's actually a... Um, some would call it a glass cutter, but it's, it actually scores the glass. It's a big machine, and um, make a long story short, 
it's, it's, if you can dream it, it'll do it. I mean, it's a computer numerical controlled machine. So it, it, it's really nice. I mean, when everything is going great, I mean, it's, it's a dream to work on. But it's one of those things, when it goes wrong, <laughs> it really goes wrong. So I'd been having trouble with the machine, and, and we had moved um, uh, over a year ago, and we had a, one of the technicians come, and, and we tore it apart. And, you know, so we tear this thing apart, but we got to have somebody to put it back together. <laughs> so we had a technician come, and the gentleman that come put it back together uh, was from India. And his name was Hussan, and uh, I was around him quite a bit and got to, got to know him. And, but here, I don't know, here a while back, the, the machine started acting funny. And so I <sighs> spoke to one rep um, in Seattle, Washington, and he actually told me he thought I had a software problem. You know, because anytime you talk to one of these guys and they go, hmm, that's never good. I mean, these things, to say these things as sensitive is an understatement. So, I, you know, I, I just said, I got to get, I, I, can't, I cannot tell the boss what this guy said. So, um, anyway, the, the gentleman, I got off the phone, and then, I don't know, probably about 30 minutes later, the boss come up to me with a phone like this. And I'm like, he said, it's who signed. And so I recognized the name. So uh, literally, I spent probably 45 minutes to an hour on the phone with him. And he remembered me. So what happened was, the, if you're standing at the head of the machine, it has a Y-axis. Excuse me. See, I'm already confused. It has an X-axis and a Y-axis. When you look in the book, it gives you a manual. And, and, and they told me, from translations from it's an Italian machine from Italian to American I mean you really have to be careful and the technicians told me said this is very confusing and I'm just saying really <laughs> I don't even know where I'm at you know so anyway what what had happened is in the book it is it is really so confusing that I had put the numbers in for X to Y so I had Y for X and the machine had just went crazy until so, it finally just locked itself down. That's why the guy told me I had a software issue. But um, So anyway, the guy said, I know how we can do it, but it's going to take a while. And he wasn't joking. So my point is this. He would tell me, you know, I had been, I had been like a week with this, working with this. And he would tell me to do, was working, I like to work in American just numbers, and he wanted to work in millimeters. So, you know, to satisfy him, I had to work in millimeters. So he would tell me what to do, and I would feed him the numbers back. And finally, I just got so frustrated. I really did. I mean, I was just to the point, I'm, I'm, I'm done with it. And he just got to the point, he just stopped me. He says, Ken, Ken, we're getting there. We're just not getting there as fast as you want to get there. But we're getting there. Because he would tell me a number and I would feed it. I would program it, go to the parameter, feed it in the information, and then come back and read him the number. And it might be just one-tenth better. We're getting there. We're getting there. And I said, no, 
We ain't getting there. And he said, literally, trust me, we're getting there. And I'd want to feed in the number that I knew was correct. And he said, no, you can't do that. You have got to do this, and the machine will slowly correct itself. So I just, I, I don't know how many steps. And I say all that to say this. Sometimes we just cast and cast and cast. And all we do is look at the river and think, and just, just chaos. But the situation is, is that I only knew the machine from the outside. He knew it from the inside. So God is just saying, I'm telling you, you look at the current and it's going everywhere. And my seed ain't going nowhere. And God is saying, my seed is going where I want it to go. And you're just throwing it. So cast. Keep casting. Cast. Hallelujah. Don't stop. Because the, 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 the promise is this. This barrel ain't running out. You just go back to the barrel and you got a full barrel of seed. You just keep casting. Because you are anointed. You are anointed. Luke 4.18 is your mandate. You are anointed and you end with favor. That is God's commission. You are anointed. And may God bless you. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806, or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.